What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 16 of Rip City Rundown. Uh, this is the June 29th podcast. Today we have a couple topics to talk about, but we'll be focusing on two things, and I'll just go and say those two things now. We'll be talking about the Zach Collins injury because that news just broke, and we'll be also talking about the Chauncey Billups press conference that happened earlier today. So, I mean, we'll just go ahead and jump into it with Zach Collins. Uh, you want to explain just what's happened for those that don't know? Yeah, so Zach Collins' news came out today that he refractured his foot for a third time. Um, I don't know how. I, do, do we know how? No news has been come out to how he broke it, but they just know that he is preparing for a third surgery, and they don't know how long it'll be either. Yeah, so we know he had a shoulder problem, um, and then he had a hairline fracture in his foot, and then he refractured his foot, and now he's fractured again. And to be honest, now the question for the Blazers is, do we resign him? Do we let him walk? Do we try to get something for him? Um, would you want to see Zach Collins in a Blazer uniform next year? Um, well, I love Zach Collins. I, every time he's played, every time I've watched him, you know, I, I've been, I've, it, it's been a positive impact on this team. Um, do I feel like he should come back? I don't know, because all the times I see him, I don't see him that often, you know, because he's hurt. He's been hurt three quarters of the time I've seen Blazer basketball. So it's just unfortunate. So do I want him to come back? I can't answer that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough because when he's healthy, and it hasn't been very often, but a great case study for this would be the Western Conference Finals from 2019. He makes such an impact on this team, especially on the defensive end. And we obviously know it's been stressed so many times the Blazers' defense needs improvement. And Zach Collins would be that, you know, backup bench defensive anchor. But unfortunately, he can't stay healthy. And the Blazers have an, just a history with bigs that just cannot stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, you look at Greg Oden, you look at Sam Bowie. You just look at draft picks that haven't Nurkic. panned out. Nurkic. But, I mean, draft picks haven't panned out well with good players drafted after them. I mean, in that draft, we ended up drafting him with the 10th overall pick. We traded two picks to get him. I think it was the 15th and 20th. And we drafted him over Donovan Mitchell, who people say Dame wanted, and then also Bam, which probably is a more realistic pick we could have done. But, I mean, it's not fair to say that the Zach Collins pick has not worked out due to his injury, but just in reality, it hasn't worked out. It just it hurts. Um, do we know who the 15th and 20th pick were that year? It was Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. So the people we traded for him turned out good Yeah, trade. I think it was less about the actual trade and more about the players we passed up. But you could say that for – 10 other teams like you know there's only one team in the draft that gets Donovan Mitchell or one team that gets Jokic so yes you can say oh the Blazers took Giannis over or took CJ over Giannis we should have taken Giannis well millions of other teams did did it too I think the thing that hurts the most though is the fact that Dame wanted to draft Donovan Mitchell now again he probably wouldn't have turned into a multiple-time all-star but he would have been probably better than Zach Collins um and that's again no knock on Zach Collins is just the unfortunate nature of an injury but just I, – I, I can't say that it's a bad draft pick when he's hurt all the time. It's just – it hurts for me to say that. Um, how big of a factor do you think he plays on defense? Because, you know, despite Denver's injuries, we, of course, lack the defensive end. Obviously, on big man, we had no seven-footer that could match up with Jokic. Do you, how do you think we do that? that and, I, and I know that Denver has a lot of injuries too, but how do you think we do in that series, assuming Zach's healthy and he plays at full potential? So I think it's tough because obviously we're all Blazer fans. So we're going to be biased, but I genuinely think we would have beat Denver. Um, I think Zach coming off the bench not only 
Would it provide better defense over Canner? Because then Canner would not be playing as much. I don't think that um, it, it just would have given us more options off the bench. Zach Collins can stretch the four. Canner really can't. Zach Collins can shoot and defend. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is just an energizer bunny who can't do anything else other than really give energy and be that kind of. I don't really know. You just look at Ronda Hollis Jefferson's plus minus in the playoffs, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It was it was dog. I think Zach Collins would have helped our team immensely, and I think what sucks the most about this this injury is that Zach Collins could have been, if played the right way, could have been a huge part of this team in the future. If say he bulks up and he can be a center for us, at least like like because a lot of the times he's we know he's a talented defender, but a lot of the times his strength and size was a reason like he sometimes would foul a lot, but. Now that he has this injury, we can't even see the potential of him. Yeah, it, the other thing that's really just disheartening is that uh, I actually went to the Blazer game uh, last March, right before the virus. And Zach Collins, you know, he was hurt, but he was come, he was starting to come back. And I actually was able to sit courtside at a game. And prior to the game, Zach Collins was doing sprints, like rehabbing. He was very close to returning, and he even came back in the bubble. And just when I saw him doing that, you know, when I went to watch that game, I was like, all right, he's about to come back. We're about to be healthy. It's going to be great. But no, he just he then hurts his shoulder in the bubble. And then the problem was is his third foot fracture. So, again, like, do you like? Would you be okay with letting Zach just walk, or do you, would you rather trade him or keep him? I think. Just just personal. Yeah, it's hard at this point. I think we have to trade. I. I don't know. It's hard. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, one thing that I will say is that Zach, like, he does – He another thing he has is, like, the toughness factor. Like, compared to Nurk, it's like Nurk, yes, he's 7 feet, 290. But you can take over. Yeah, um, he's a young player still. How old is he? 20, what, 4? 23, 24. 23, 24. But when you have injuries this early and you're um, – season or in your career it's just gonna it's a news for a bad disaster later in time um and another thing that i was like thinking of is the crazy thing about drafting zach is like there's usually two there's two alternate timelines that can happen in any sports and draft you either draft the player and you do what happens and what follows or you don't draft the player so let's say we don't draft zach collins let's say we draft who dame one and we draft donovan mitchell so now you have dame cj and, Don- and donovan mitchell donovan mitchell Probably does not become as good as he truly does playing behind Damon and CJ. But let's say he gets somewhere near where he is. That means you're trading CJ for a big piece. And all of a sudden, you have, you have a contender. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is, like, you could have Dame, D-Mitch. You wouldn't have to trade Norms. You have Gary coming off the bench. Still, But then the other thing is if you draft D-Mitch, you, you're might not draft, you're, you might not be drafting in the 24th spot, and you might not get Simon. So it's, it's, all, it's all, like, connected. But the point I'm trying to make is one great move can change the course of your franchise forever, and that's what happened with Dame. But unfortunately, Neil Olshay is like one for 28, and that's why we're not a contender. When it comes to re-signing Dak, if, or Dak, Zach, if you had a true prediction, do you see him coming back? Because I think there's still a real possibility we bring him back on like a five the qualifying offer for one more year if he can return in the season. I think if the injury has him coming back at some point next year. Let's say has him coming back by the All-Star break. I see us I see us giving him a one-year qualifying offer. If he's out for another whole year and the Blazers know that prior to the season, like it's just seeing it'd be unfortunate cuz he could be a good piece in like a trade if he becomes good again. But I, I just don't know how, it's, it's like how many times can the Blazers wait? How many times can this happen? 
Yeah, I can't. I can't personally see him coming back. But if he came back and was better than he was when he was on the court, when he was healthy, I would just be ecstatic. And I guess the last thing I'll say about it is, I feel like with hiring you know Chauncey Billups, he was going to have this was going to be a key role. And like I guess Zach is was going to be a key part of that defense off the bench. You know, we were like, okay, well Mel and Canner, terrible defensive tandem. So Canner and Mello would probably have to go, and Zach would come in and fill that backup center minutes and become like a very good backup center, and Billups would use him correctly, a great defense. Now Zach's hurt. So now Billups is going to have to figure out something else, which let's go ahead and talk about Billups. So I, I did that on purpose, bring, bring, bringing up Billups. I think that was, was pretty clever. Anyway, yeah. so Chauncey Billups, press conference. Earlier today, initial thoughts, uh, I was just the current like mood among Blazer faithful and fans is a lot of people – um, were very, you know, not upset, just felt like they didn't get a lot out of, out of the press conference. But I think that's the point. Yeah, it's literally just a press conference. Um, he's not supposed to tell you everything about his life and tell you everything he's going to do for the Blazers. You wait until this actual basketball starts being played. Um, a lot of people on social media are not giving Chauncey a chance at all, and it, it pisses me off. Do you have something to say about that? Because yeah, I see, so, I see there. yeah, so – you actually, I was going to make this point, but you led into it perfectly, is that a lot of people who are having, like, they're already thinking Chauncey's a bad coach or hate, the people who hate the, uh, the the press conference, the way they're handling it, are people who already have preconceived notions that are negative towards Chauncey, what, because of allegations or because he doesn't have experience or because, you know, whatever it is. And those people, I think, are not looking at the press conference for what it is. This is just an introductory press conference. Press conference. We're not telling you what we're going to do in game three of the first round of the playoffs. If we tell you that now, the other team will game plan and we will lose. So I'm sorry. You are not the coach of the team. Chauncey Billups says he has a right to tell you whatever he wants. Now, regarding the allegation question, if you want to talk about that, that's fair. I'm going to go into that. So that question was being asked many times throughout the press conference. First time it was asked, he answered it. He said, um, I'm not going to go into the details, but he said like it's changed his life. And um, he's moved on from that, and he's grown from that. Then, after the question is being answered, another person comes in and goes, how do you feel like the 1997 incident has changed your life? So Chauncey is not just going to answer the question again. The Blazers aren't going to leave him out to dry. So the presser, or whoever was running the press conference, was like, he answered that question. Let's now move on. And now people are thinking that the Blazers are like... Trying to avoid the question that was answered. And I think a lot of people are thinking that it's being avoided because of... And the people are thinking this way because they already have preconceived bias that are negative to Chauncey Builds. It's almost like they're trying to find a way to be negative at Chauncey. I'm not saying this is the tr- truth for everyone. I think there are certain people on the internet that are specifically thinking this way, whether they want to admit it or not. Do you have anything to add about Chauncey? Um, no, not too much. Um, you know, if the Blazers uh, underperform next year, don't like the playoffs, maybe Dame leaves, we – we get a bad trade for CJ. Injuries go wrong. Do do we fire him or do we keep him? Give him lots of chances. How many years do we give him? Okay, so we gave him the contract is four years or five years, but the last year is a team option, so four years. Bring him back for the fifth if we want to. Um, now that leads also to the hate for he's getting. If that if all that stuff you said does happen, then sure you can turn on him a little bit. He it's proven he's a bad coach. But I do think you give him a couple years at least, unless he just completely just is a bad coach. Like the Pacers this year, they got completely worse. So they fired their coach after one year. Um, if that happens, it, 
if we get that bad, then sure, it could happen. But I doubt. But but the last thing I want to see is the Blazers start six and seven, and y'all call and people are calling for his head. They're asking him to get fired. The, the one thing I ask about these fans that you can have a conversation about the allegations. That's fine. That is an important topic because if it are if it is true, then. Chauncey needs to own up to that and, you know, whatever the fallout from that would be. But I think he has. That's the thing. Okay, that's cool. That's not, that's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is you need to keep the allegations and the basketball separate. Just because you believe whatever he did 20 years ago does not mean if the Blazers are 6-7, and seven, he should be fired. Now, if you think he should be fired because of pure basketball, that's fine. But the other thing is if you think you should be fired because of pure basketball, but you believe that because you're being biased based on the whole. Just people are very, have, they're very opinionated. They believe their own opinions are right. That's fine. Everyone has a right to their own opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just do not just assume he's going to be a bad basketball coach if he did something 20 years ago that you don't agree with, which, of course, no one's going to agree with if it's true. But, again, that doesn't make him a bad basketball coach. There are plenty – people in the world who don't have spotless moral records who are fantastic athletes actors just fantastic successful people and what they do yeah i mean for those that don't like chauncey just be prepared i believe he'll be here for at least two to three years at least just given the nature that we gave him a four and a half four year plus one contract um but let's talk more about that press conference and neil olshay um he actually lived up and said like yeah the the problems are on the roster it's okay. not just coaching so, so first off just what do you think of Newell say in, in general? Um, negative. You know, just bad with building the team. What do you say? One for twenty-eight. Just seems like yeah, no, seems no, like an off person like, in general. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have said like we saw Jordan Schultz tweet it the other day. Um, he's not like people like aren't just going to go and hang out with him because they don't really love his personality. But I mean, I'm not just going to assume that just because of that one tweet. But he did own up to the fact that he needs to work on the roster and it's not just coaching because at the press conference at the end of the year he was like oh we it's not because because of the roster we won this series it's just because of terry stotts when obviously it was at least partly on the roster yeah throwing people under the bus is not a good way to make an excuse for your poor job um um you know your job and another another like throwing people under the bus is just not signs of a quality like leader. Like when you're the GM, you're supposed to lead this team. You know, it's the coach who leads the everyday activities. But as a GM, you're supposed to put the coach and the players in a position to succeed. And Neil Shea has not done that, and I think he knows it. I think he's like, oh gosh, the Blazer fans think I'm an a-hole. They think I'm just gonna, you know, throw people under the bus. So you know, it's possible he could have just owned up to it without actually meaning it. I don't really care. I just want him to put a good team. Together. Yeah, and. A lot of people don't like Neil Olshay and want him to go because they feel like the, he hasn't built a good team, and that's one of the reasons why Dame is frustrated. Which is fair. But we haven't even talked about the Dame issue other than that one emergency podcast we did that only was on YouTube. But a report did come out earlier today, Brian Windhorst, saying that the Damian Lillard wanting out isn't serious at this point. So we can kind of relax. But then again, that's not Dame Great saying news. it. Great news. That's not Dame saying it. You gotta take it with a grain of salt, but it is good news. It's just at this point, I believe Dame has talked so much against super teams, against you know, in his words, running from the grind. That I just I think it's gonna take a lot for him to leave. I think, you know, Chris Haynes came out with the article that he's there's a growing rift between Blazer Brass and Dame, 
And I think Dame didn't actually, I don't think that's actually the case. I just, you know, Chris Haynes is Dame's mouthpiece for the media. When Dame wants something to get out, it's usually Chris Haynes. I just think Dame, it was kind of like a warning shot. Like, look, if you don't put a team around me, I'm not just going to stay here forever. I want to stay here. But if you're going to force my hand now, I will leave. And these uh, fans, everyone on social media saying, Dame, come to L.A., Dame, come here, Dame, come there. It's like, we're even if we do trade Dame, like I would absolutely not. I'm 100% against it. Well, first but, off, for all the L.A. fans out there, let's just, if you are listening to this podcast, please talk to all the L.A. fans out here. They are just not, I don't know, they're just delusional. They're like, let's trade Talon Horton, Tucker, Dennis Schroeder, and two firsts for Dame, and let's throw in Kuzma. I'm sorry, but Kuzma's playing in China next year. Next <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to be a great team even if we trade game. We're going to get something so good for him, whether that's closer in the future. But, of course, I'm 100% against trading Dame. Aldridge happen, you know, and you got to trade Dame. You can't just let him walk. Um, another good thing about the whole Dame news and how it might not be serious is what Nurk said yesterday. We were talking about the Nurk situation in the last podcast. But more news has come out about Nurk, and it was how he quoted, if Damian Lillard leaves, then he's leaving too. Um, well, sorry, Nurk, but if Dame leaves, that means we're blowing it up. So, yeah, yeah. No. But Nurk kind of started talking a lot in the past. Like, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. He also revealed that what was already a report, but not yet confirmed, and it was that Neil Olshie told him that no big trades were going to be happening this offseason, which, again, is, it could change. Yeah, and, you know, Neil is not obligated to, and this is Neil's fault, but he's not obligated to hold to his word. If there's a deal that comes up that he can't pass up, CJ will be moved. And with these reports that Neil's not the best person, wouldn't be surprised if he uh, didn't stick to his word. <laughs> yeah, well, just the, the thing is that, you know, I a lot of people from the outside that are not, you know, within, you know, follow the Blazers every day or, you know, hang on to the news. A lot of people, fans of other teams, people who just are casual NBA fans, you know, a lot of them are looking at the Blazers right now and being like, what a dumpster fire. The fans are all riled up. The team sucks. Their star wants out. Which, and you know, none of those cases are necessarily true. And, you know, being an optimist, I am an optimist. I think that Dame coming out and really putting the heat on Olshay, I am hoping he will go out and make a splash. Like, I am hoping he pulls, like, a Danny Ainge and goes out and just spins, gets some, gets some pieces, and I think, and I hope, that Dame pushing Olshay will result in something happening. I don't care who gets moved. As long as Dame does not get moved and we are better, I literally don't care what happens. And, you know, maybe Neil Olshay will think that this team just needed a coaching change, you know, and then we'll be good and Chauncey will make us better. But if you as, if you run back the exact same team, the exact same team, I'm talking Melo, Canner, Rondé Hulse-Jefferson, Derek Jones Jr., like the exact same team, and but the only change is, is Chauncey Billups, that, that is the most dumb thing I've ever heard. Because even Chauncey Billups, if he's a defensive whiz, how are you going to have a plus defense with Canner and Mel on the floor? Please, enlighten me. We just need some changes. A lot of people were calling for the big changes, but we at least, at the minimum, need some. We've got to resign Norm. That's, I think, the Just to justify the, the Gary Trent Jr. trade. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Gary Trent Jr., like, at this point, would you rather have Norm or Gary Trent Jr.? Um, no, we're more developed. We need to win now. Dame's, uh, you know, career's running out. Running out, you know, 30, 31 this July, uh, coming up in about a month. So we got to win now before it's Dame's five years older, 35 years old, and he's playing, and Norm's getting up there now, and Nurk's 30. It's yeah. just, we, you know. And, and this goes back to Neil Shea. It's like Neil Shea has not made a big move in forever. Um, he's very good around the marginal 
Ed, like what? What like what big moves has Neil O'Shea made, and is is the biggest move Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell? Like if you actually yeah, think. I mean, but my yeah, I would say, I would say trading Nurk was good. I'd say that's the one good one that really made our team better. You got you got to trade Plumley for Nurk. That that's a win. But other than that, like Neil O'Shea has been very good around the edges, like marginally making this team better. And to be fair to him, when you're a small market team like Portland, it is tough to just be the Lakers or Nets and suck for forever and then get superstars. It's it's hard, you know. That's why Laker fans are spoiled. Anyway, point being is that Neil O'Shea at this point does not have time to make marginal moves. This man has got to make a big move, and. You, you can't just be like, all right, this year we're just going to change the coach. Next year we're going to let Canner walk. and maybe it, You can't just do these marginal moves and, and have the team win two, win two more games and get bounced out of the second round instead of the first. You have to go, if you're going to go in, go all in. That's what we always say. Take advantage of Dame's prime. The Blazers have, have yeah. to do. The Blazers have been in the worst. I'm sorry, I'm going on a, a, a tangent. But the Blazers have been in a terrible position forever because you either want to be rebuilding or a contender. The Blazers have been neither. They're stuck in middle land. Like, we're like, oh, everything breaks right. The Blazers could win a championship. But it's just as likely for the Blazers to lose to a Jamal Murray-less Nuggets in the first round. And guess what? It happened. So, it's just like, you got to go all in. Please go all in. If you lose your job because of it, so what? I feel like Noel Shea at this point is in, is in like damage control trying to keep his job, making promises. It's like, go out and get a player. If Ben Simmons... If Ben Simmons goes to another team because there's a better offer, fine. But if Ben Simmons is on the 76ers next year, I will be very, very disappointed. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. I mean, Neil Olshay, you just got to get ballsy. You're going to get fired no matter what if you if we do bad next year. So might as well go all in and try to make it a, a big deal to improve the team and give your, at least yourself a chance to survive. Exactly. Um, anything else on that? Okay, let's... Let's move to a little lighter, lighter note, um, a little more positive news. It's been a rough for the Blazers, but more positive. Dame is going to the Olympics. Gonna grab the gold no matter what. Where is Olympics this uh, year? I think it's in Tokyo. Tokyo, Tokyo, buddy. Yeah, it's in Tokyo. Tokyo? Um, There have been, you know, concerns about whether it happened, but as as of now, the Olympics are on. Dame is going. It will be interesting, you know. Dame, I think he said he's wearing the number six. Oh, I have no clue what he's wearing. I think I saw an article. He's wearing the number six. Why not number zero? Um, there might be someone else on the team who wears the number zero. I think I saw six. I don't. I'm not positive. Okay. Um, but Dame will be playing in the Olympics, so it gives another. Re- it gives more basketball for the Blazers to watch. It'll be cool to see Dame actually play with some All Stars. Could we get a little possible recruiting going on? Maybe. Yeah, I doubt it. Just given the fact that we live in Portland, or yeah. But Dame should be starting. Curry's not going. Harden's not going. Uh, obviously, Luca is not American. I'll just I'll just read out the roster quick. It's Jason Tatum. He might be wearing zero. That's why. Tatum, Chris Middleton. Um, I think we had KD sorry. on there. Yep. Okay. It's Bam Bradley. This is alphabet quarter. Bam Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, KD, Jeremy Grant, Draymond, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine. Dame, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum. So looking at that, oh, at those names, it's going to be KD and Dame, in my opinion, are the two best players on that team. Finally, Dame will get some Cause, help. Because the guards are going to be Dame, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, I mean, Bradley Beal. I, I, I could see Dame starting. I think Dame will for sure start. I mean, this is his first time in the Olympics. In 2016, he got cut in the final cuts, which I know he was super frustrated about. But this will be his first Olympics, and, I mean, obviously uh, – 
America is favored to win the gold. Um, will you be watching any Olympics with Damian Lillard? For sure. Yeah, now I'll be watching it for sure. I mean, just you know, to see him play with other All Stars, play with other great players in the NBA. Because um, he'll get the kick out to Kevin Durant instead of uh, Dale Jr. Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, believe, believe it or not, guys, that's a big deal when Kevin, you have Kevin Durant. Definitely good for the Dame resume. Put, uh, Olympic on that. Yeah, true. If, you know, if Dame. You know, one day, oh, I, I, you know, this this wasn't part of the podcast, but. Like, if Dame's career ended today, is he going to the Hall of Fame? It would be very tight. I don't know his exact resume. Um, I mean, rookie you know, of the year. Rookie of the year. West Conference Finals. Got a couple. Some like, all-NBA teams. Six all-stars. Three, there. probably at this point. I mean, first team he won one, he was won once, but he's been a bunch of all-NBA all teams. I think Dame needs to – if you add the Olympic gold here, does, does he go to the Basketball Hall of Fame? It's a different one. It counts international career, too. No, yeah, I know. It counts. I mean, the Basketball Hall of Fame is easier than other Hall of Fames to get into. So, I don't know. But, I'll need to look so, at exactly. So, there's the Basketball Hall of Fame and the NBA Hall of Fame? Just the Basketball Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, it's just the basketball. Yeah, I could see him. I could see him getting in. I, I think a finals appearance would do it. But, um, so, year. Dame, uh, hopefully if Neil gets his head out of it. What? No, okay. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I think that's all we got, guys. Um, actually, actually, I take, I take it back. I take it back. I have one more. We're gonna do a little game. We haven't done this in a while. All right. Do you know what start bench cut is? Yes, I do. Okay, we're gonna play start bench cut. Basically, for those who are listening who don't know what it is, I say three options. You have to start one, bench one, and cut one. It all has to do with how I frame the question. So it could be. So it's like a ranking. So system. so it could be who do you think is the worst player, and you would start the worst player. It's kind of counterintuitive sometimes, but it makes sense. Okay. People you don't want back on the team next year. You start the person who you don't want back first, okay? All right. All right. Let's go with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Mello, and Canner. Should I go first? Go ahead. So, again, start, starting is who you don't want first. Okay, I am starting Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I just don't think he can do much to help the team too much. Um, I am benching... This is hard. <laughs> I think I'm benching. Now with Zach out, I mean. I think I'm benching Mello. I'm cutting Cantor. So Cantor would be the first person I would take back out of all those. Now, if Mello's on the team and then Cantor is too, then I'd want both of them gone. But Cantor is more valuable than Mello, in my opinion. Okay. Um, interesting. So Zach Collins, assuming he's healthy, maybe trade someone for him, get another big. I'm going to cut Cantor here. Um, just that lack of defense, it just hurt. Yes, I'll miss part. technically means start, because we're starting the worst player. No, yeah, I'm cutting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, okay, yeah, you're right. Well, Cantor's the person you're getting rid of. Yes. Frame the question a little while. <laughs> Sorry. Starting Cantor. I don't really want to see him back. Nothing against him, but I just think the other two are more valuable. I'm going to bench Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, because I, I like Carmel. I think he has that... Um, Playoff experience, he can hit clutch shots. The Denver, kind of a shaky series. But if he has defensive pieces around him, he doesn't need to be a defensive player. He just needs to score, and he can make those clutch threes, and he can make those game-tying shots in the fourth quarter. I do think Melo has a higher ceiling than Cantor, but his floor is worse because Melo can just take, also 37. take away from the offensive flow all the time. We talk about it all the time, but that's why I would cut Melo or start Melo. And I think Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson can get better, I mean. He didn't have the greatest series against the uh, Nuggets, but he like Terry was playing around with that lineup in the playoffs as, as if it was a regular season. Like 
Well, Ron Hill's just didn't get any minutes in the regular season, and then here comes Terry, just throw him in, in there. I mean, it's. I think he still has a lot of potential. Um, let's do another. Let's. I'll do another start bench cut. This one's more NBA general. Like this more. This doesn't have to do with the Blazers. It's more with the playoffs still. So you know, just you know, a little around the league recap while we're at it. Do a little start bench cut with that. Okay, start bench cut. Who would you want on your team right now in terms of the, how they're performing in the playoffs? Okay, so basically right. best playoff performer so far right now. Paul George, Devin Booker, Trey Young. You can go first. Based solely on the playoffs, I think I have to start Trey Young. I mean, he's averaging like over at least at least thirty in the playoffs. He's had his huge games. I think I am benching. Um, both have had their bad games. I think I'm going to bench Booker. And I'm going to cut Paul George. Paul George has been really good in the playoffs, but the other two have been just, I think, a little step above. Um, you could go either way with Paul George and um, Devin Booker, but because of their bad games they've had, they've been a little inconsistent here and there. But I think Trey Young has been consistently a really solid player this entire playoffs, so that's what I go with. Yeah, I'm going to definitely definitely start Trey Young. Like, no-brainer. He's been consistent. He's been a super active player on the Hawks, gotten them through games down to one right now, but they can, you know, they can come back if Trey has his um, hot games. Uh, I'm going to... If that ref doesn't sell him again. If that ref doesn't sell him. Hawks versus refs, literally. <laughs> not not um, conceptually this time, literally. Okay. So, um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bench Booker. Paul George, he's he's he, I think I saw a stat today. He's had twenty points the last like every game this playoffs, which I don't think any player's done other than I think it was LeBron and then one Kobe. other name. Yeah, Kobe and then Durant. it was or I don't MJ. think it was Durant, maybe MJ, it was another name, but that is consistent, but he has had some really bad moments, really bad misses. But you know, he does everything around the floor to rebound assists, which is good. But I'm, they're all good. I'm gonna cut Paul George. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in there, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, my, I would start Trey Young. I think the consensus is that Trey Young is doing the most with the least. Um, I think he also is kind of if he has a bad game, the Hawks have the worst game out of those three. Like he is the heart and soul of that team. Like he probably has the highest usage. Um, comes off the pick and roll, he can shoot, and he's playing with swagger too, which is a little annoying, but it's still impressive. Um, so I'd start Trey Young. I'm actually going to bench Paul George. I know he's had some, you know, moments, you know, late in games where he's missed a couple free throws, you know, as people like to call choke or pandemic P. But to do what he's doing, like you said, with the 20-point, you know, streak, and combined with no Kawhi, I, I don't know. He's been carrying this Clippers team. Even last night he had 41, which I think is probably playing a little bit into my decision here. But I think I'm going to bench PG. I'm going to cut Booker only because if Booker has a bad game, the Suns are totally fine. Um, Booker has been very good, but I think I think that team is Chris Paul's. I think it's kind of like how like Giannis is the best player, but if Middleton is playing well, the Bucks will win. I think it's the same way with with, with, with Phoenix, which is why it's Phoenix and Bucks in the finals, in my opinion. Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, thanks for listening. Lots of stuff in the Blazers news today. Zach Collins, Chauncey Billups, Damian Lillard. Hopefully we'll get to the end of the tunnel, and I think the light at the end of the tunnel is the regular season and winning some freaking games. Um, I would like to see the Blazers do well next year. But that's all we got. Come back for, you know, when the next news comes out, hopefully it's positive. We'll see you all later. Peace. <laughs>